All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Mike Bubba. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, back here to talk about more off-season stuff in the NFL. But uh, Dylan, we've kind of been looking at some different themes. We talked about most improved teams. We talked about kind of the expectations for the rookie head coaches, uh, which, who knows, some of them may tie into this episode. But uh, this time around, we're going to talk about pressure because uh, it's all, as we know, in the NFL about pressure. And uh, you need to win to be able to save your job, whether that is as a head coach or a player on the field. Um, you need to have success and, and be able to sort of do your thing and keep the fan base happy. And so uh, that's kind of what we're going to talk about here as we look at some different, uh, again, coaches, players, that could be under the most pressure uh, entering the 2023 season in the NFL. And this is always an interesting kind of group because, again, you can you can make arguments one way or the other. Um, you know, certainly it depends on the fan base sometimes, the front office, uh, kind of what the expectations are uh, season by season. But I think there's an interesting group here, Dylan, when as I look down uh, some options I have on my list and, you know, again, it's, it's kind of subjective sometimes, but we know what the expectations are in certain places. And uh, whether you're the, the head coach, the quarterback, or uh, anyone else, uh, that, that certainly leaves you with a pretty clear opportunity uh, heading into a new season. Yeah, it's a results-based uh, uh, you yeah. know, job here that these coaches have where we see some, you know, usually takes a, a special kind of um, – uh, failure to, to be gone within like a year but usually it's you get like two to three years and if nothing kind of starts to turn by then or things it just seems like you've kind of plateaued uh these these teams will not hesitate to move on so yeah we've got a we got a pretty decent group of coaches i think partially because um we didn't have the same level of turnover going into 2023 season as we did even 2022 in terms of new head coaches we have some Newer guys that are getting some run that I think some of them will probably still be for rebuilding teams that you know are able to actually acknowledge where they are. Um, I think they'll get a little more uh, time here than maybe some of the names that we'll bring up. I, like, for example, I'd say that Eberflus with Chicago. Things would have to really bottom out there. I don't think I don't really consider him on, on this kind of level. Same with even Arthur Smith. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe that's one of the names you're going to bring up for the Falcons of a coach that's had a couple years, but but I think they're a team and uh, overall Arthur Blank and that organization has kind of been able to acknowledge that they need to rebuild. So uh, there's some other coaches that come to mind and also at least one quarterback that was it's pretty easy for me to think of off the top of my head, but I, I'm excited to see uh, and hear about some of the other <laughs> players that you have in mind beyond them. But yeah, it should, it's a, All right. it's a interesting, uh, I like the premise here. A lot of, it's, <laughs> it's always pressure. That's, that is kind of what the NFL thrives on all the drama. All right. So I'm going to give you, um, I'm just going to give you a group here to start off with, all right? Okay. Because I think it's, um, again, there's a lot of ways you can go with this, but I think if I'm starting with coaches, I'm going to give you a group of three, and then I'm going to give you kind of my wild card uh, choice here because I think it's all about what's changed with this particular franchise. But if we start with kind of the coaches that, again, we can say pressure, hot seat, however you want to kind of look at it. Um, I think for me, Brandon Staley is um, right there, um, given what the Chargers have done, and we all know how last season ended, and I think that that only added to it. And it's, I know it's interesting to think, you know, they didn't make the playoffs and all that, but I think it, as you said, it is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of business, and unfortunately, that is what we remember uh, for how the Chargers season ended, and there was certainly some frustration there. Um, so, in a, you know, a tough division, uh, we kind of know kind of the changing landscape of the AFC, and look at all those different things. I think there is a clear need to not just be a playoff team, but be a team that can, you know, make a, a run deep in the playoffs. And so 
I would put you know him in there as one of the the choices. And again, I, I, fair or unfair, it's largely based on how last season ended. Um, anytime you're the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> I think there's always you're on this list every single season. Like I don't care if you win, you know, tw- if you don't win a Super Bowl, you're always going to be on this list. So to me, uh, I think Mike McCarthy has to be on there uh, because again, I just think it's a year by year thing, and we kind of know it feels like at any time um, should the Cowboys finish behind the Eagles again. Let's say the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Let's say they win it this year. Um, you know, they got to the Super Bowl last year. And if you're Jerry Jones looking at it, we know how he can think sometimes. So, um, yes, I, I think that is one that's always going to be there. And the other, I think this is one that, you know, this division, as we said, is pretty much there for the taking, but we don't have high expectations expectations for this team at all. And that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think Todd Bowles without Tom Brady um, I think there's probably some pressure there uh, because I think our thinking on this is like what happens if they just completely, let's say, go to the bottom of the division? Like let's say, you know, the Panthers finish ahead of them, the Saints, the Falcons, which in all honesty, like is it that yeah. crazy to think that could happen? No. Um, because <laughs> only one game separated all these teams last year and no one had a winning record. So, uh, and now you don't have Tom Brady. So I think that's something that we look at here. And um, yeah, so I just, I think there was probably already some frustration there. Uh, maybe they didn't end exactly how they wanted to with Brady there, and now um, you know you look at it. So I would I would say these three are are probably higher on the list. And I know again there are more that are out there, um, whether it's a, a Josh McDaniels and there's one I'm not going to mention yet because I'm going to bring him up in a second. But um, yeah, I, I think I would probably start the list with those three. Yeah, Staley has to be number. Well, I, I guess maybe not has to be number one. I think you you nailed it with the first two guys you mentioned here, who I uh, initially was kind of thinking with McCarthy and Staley. But given what happened with the Chargers, and given this, it's similar kind of case with Dallas. But it's it, you feel like there's enough there. Maybe you're just on the cusp, and you just haven't quite been able to get over the hump. The difference is at least Dallas is, you know, got to the second round last year, competed with a really, in my opinion, just one of the best rosters in the NFL in the last few years in San Francisco, just, you know, some things at quarterback obviously doomed their chances of making it a game against Philadelphia. But I, I think that with the chargers, it's, it feels like there's more there even than that. Like it feels like, all right, that step that Dallas kind of seemed to take in my opinion, defense improving last year with the chargers, it just, you know, going from missing the playoffs in heartbreaking fashion to making it losing the way they did. It just doesn't feel like as much of a, mo- a needle mover, especially when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert. I think it's, the urgency to capitalize, not just, you know, it's obviously he's really early in his career, but trying to capitalize on his rookie deal. The extensions for these guys are coming pretty quickly, as we know, with Joe Burrow and him and uh, some of the other quarterbacks in the, drafted in 2020. But I, I just feel like for Staley, it's, you know, all, obviously all the things with his decision-making as a, as a rookie head coach in 2021, with all the ultra-aggression to, to things that last year seemed like he kind of pulled back, then – but like at other times, still some of the play calling, different things. We'll see how, you know, on offense in particular, obviously bringing Kellen Moore um, and what that could mean for him. I think, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Staley, but I do think there's a good opportunity for the Chargers to take a step. It's just no matter what you do, this is you're in the division with the Kansas City Chiefs, so it only uh, is only so much you can expect. But, I mean, they've been right there in some of these games against Kansas City that they've lost uh, just the nail biters right at the end. So maybe this is the year they take a step. But I, I do think for Staley, yeah, if they miss the playoffs this year, I, I think for sure um, uh, they might uh, move in a different direction. And then for McCarthy, 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's had some time, and things have been solid, but I think the reason the pressure's on him even more so this year is with Kellen Morgan and McCarthy going back to calling more of the plays and being, uh, you know, having a greater influence on what yeah. happens on that side of the ball. If things really go downhill there and, and the, there's a lack of creativity, whatever it is, um, especially with, again, this is a team that's trying to capitalize on a roster that I think overall is, is quite good and where regardless of where you know we'll get to our QB rankings eventually with Dak Prescott and talk about him but I mean still you know the NFC given all the you know the lack of uh, the dominant young quarterbacks to say what you have in the AFC for the most part um, Dak's right up there with the top guys and you combine that with a defense like there's an offensive line that you know maybe wasn't as good as it as was you know when Zeke and Dak were rookies in 2016 that offensive line was ridiculous but I do think they've taken they still have some really big and important guys there they've added pieces to the point where I think yeah there's no reason for that um, that side of the ball and some of the reinforcements they've had to not be successful so it should be an interesting uh, season for Dallas but I think yeah those two are easily the top two pressure I think Todd Bowles and I, I think bodying him out honestly is probably the best thing for them um, at the end of the day. <laughs> and it's not his fault. Let's, and let's it's not be his honest. Fault. Like, it's not his fault. Yeah. yeah. So it, for him, the pressure, I do think there's a lot of pressure there, but it's a different kind in terms of I feel like the this is a ripe situation for the organization being like, we just want a fresh start with a new coach, with the new regime, all those kind of things coming into play. Um, so I, I, it's yeah, he really had unless you know we've seen even teams with other coaches when you know when Steve Wilkes took over Carolina and different uh, times where you can be successful and, and burst when you're not or more successful maybe than what uh, your roster would dictate and that hasn't always led to to guys keeping their jobs and that's unfortunate but it's just kind of a nature of this um, how this works so we'll see I mean hopefully for Todd it uh, you know, last year was obviously a pretty disappointing campaign overall. But it, as you mentioned, a lot of things out of his hands, and especially more so on the offensive side than what Tampa was able to do even on defense last year. So I, it, we'll see what happens with him. But I, I think that's a good uh, good starting uh, point for this. But I, I do think Staley and McCarthy from here probably one two um, uh, with the most pressure, even with some of the names I'm sure we'll get to. Some of the other guys that I, th- I know that people have kind of talked about, <laughs> every fan base in some way, shape, or form can probably, uh, well, not every one of them, but um, there are quite a few that if you don't win the Super Bowl, you can put pressure on your coach. But I think Kevin Stavansky is someone, this is going to be his fourth season there in Cleveland. We remember kind of that that first season. We're like, all right, this is starting well, and obviously things have not exactly gone according to plans since then. But I think that's one um, I'm trying to think, and I know you'll have some maybe that I don't mention. We mentioned Josh McDaniels earlier. I think it's – yeah. I, I just think that's um, – yeah, there, there's going to be pressure there, I think, now in terms of, again, <laughs> knowing the division you're in. Sean Payton's now with the Broncos. You would expect them to take a step forward. So the Raiders certainly don't want to go back to just being the team that's at the bottom of the division uh, every year. But, again, that's a lot of – this kind of depends on knowing you have the Chiefs in there. And um, it's only so far you can go up perhaps given what's yeah. around you. But – the one wild card I'm going to throw in here, and I'm not saying this guy is going to get fired after this season, but I'm saying if you're talking about a trend, um, look, I mean, the Packers are in a much different place now than they were when Matt LaFleur started um, there, right? And yeah. there's no Aaron Rodgers. They won 13 straight games, three straight seasons in his first three years there. Um, but, you know, they go 8-9 and nine last year. I don't think if we had to do our, you know, our picks right now, I don't think we'd have the Packers winning that division. I don't know that we'd have them second. Um, and so if you look at it from that standpoint, again, I, I think it's sort of um, – I don't know if pressure is the right word, but I think it is one of those to where 
if Packer fans year one, let's say without Aaron Rodgers and it just does not go well, um, well, what are you going to think about? You're going to think about all those years you had Aaron Rodgers and all the success they have. Even if they didn't reach their ultimate Super Bowl goal as many times as they wanted to, that's still the standard that you've set. And it's not just the Aaron Rodgers era, but we know before that with Favre and everything that came before that too. So it's, I don't know. I just I would worry if I was a little bit if I was Matt Lafleur. Yeah. You know, if that downturn. Let's say you have another losing record this year. Um, you know, then I think that sets up the pressure probably for the following season. Yeah. But then again, if it just goes really bad, you know, this season, you never know. But um, that's just one I would probably have for the future. But I think it's at least worth mentioning, just given the overhaul, perhaps there. So yeah, it'd have to go really bad. I think I do think there's pressure on him, like you said. I think if this is the year where they really struggle then going into 2024 for LaFleur, it might be more of a question of, all right, was this just partially a product of, uh, you know, having uh, one of the best quarterbacks of all time and some really talented players and all these things. And I, I, you know, the thing is before LaFleur got there, the Packers weren't exactly dominating. I think they missed the playoffs back to back years um, there at the end of the McCarthy era. So I, you know, I, I think he'll get a little more time just because this organization itself has, proven to be more patient than most obviously but i do agree that yeah if they really really are bad like if they're the one of the worst like bottom two three teams in the nfc only winning a few games and jordan love doesn't look great i mean that that you know the, the fingers gonna be pointing at gutekunst maybe a little bit more than lafleur in that case if the yeah. if things don't work out there but yeah it should be an interesting season for sure but yeah some pressure for sure on on LaFleur but I yeah the one I I, I agree with um, McDaniels and Stefanski and overall I think with the thing with McDaniels though I I I do believe that ownership there now um, is a little more uh, you know willing in this case to kind of wait and see these things through they I think they acknowledge a little bit that the you know the roster some of the drafting during that time period was just not um during the you know the Gruden era with Mayock and some uh, interesting picks and yeah, there maybe there have been some interesting ones uh, prior to that but I think with Ziegler and McDaniels are kind of a, a team here that they're not going to just move on or move quickly on from in my opinion I think they still are hopefully a little cognizant of the quality of this team and maybe we'll see what they end up doing this year I, I, I we've talked about some of our concerns with them overall um I think they have an interesting team in terms of the really some of the talented players they have, but then just lack of depth in other areas. Um, defense uh, is still a concern in a lot of ways. So, we'll, yeah, I think there's pressure there, but similar to LaFleur, my, at least this is my how I'd see it. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's more. Uh, maybe, maybe Davis <laughs> is willing to just move on from McDaniels, doesn't have the loyalty. It seems like he um does has on the outside but maybe this will uh be a quicker transition for him but uh for Stefanski I yeah I think that this is one where he's been there now for a few years I don't think it's completely warranted um or unwarranted uh you know to expect that they should have done more the last few some of the quality football teams they've had I mean it was impressive to see with Brissett you know how solid they were but they just still have some little things here and there and the defense obviously not something that's just fancy is going to be calling plays for anything, but you know, a little disappointing with some of the talented players they've had. 
So yeah, I, I could see there, um, especially with you know you're locked in. There's no there's no moving on from Deshaun with the way that contract um, is set up. You, you're you're kind of have to make it work with him. So if, if Stefanski does not, I think this is a roster that we look at just complete rosters. I, there's some questions for sure about the Browns, and there's a reason that they haven't made the playoffs the last couple of years after making it in 2020. But um, I do think yeah, it would be it wouldn't be the most unwarranted thing to expect that Cleveland would be. Um, uh, able or you know willing to move on from Stefanski if they again just go like seven and ten and miss the playoffs. Um, the one name I'll yeah the one name I'll throw into this mix outside of those that I you know maybe I'm maybe again this isn't the best read on it but I think Robert Sala with the Jets if they really um, you know their, their eggs are kind of in this basket now after um, uh, with Aaron Rodgers if with the roster they also have with the defensive talent maybe that in itself should be a testament to what he's been able to do and the culture they've built. Um, but I do think if the Jets were to just be awful again somehow, um, and I know they weren't awful last year, but at least on the offensive side of the ball, if they if they don't take the step that it – and by all accounts they should um, uh, with the roster they have, uh, you know, that maybe you will start seeing some some questions there. I, maybe it's more so going to go up to Joe Douglas. I – you know, I've – you know, if you listen to this podcast, I've definitely – been higher on Joe Douglas and some of the, the things that they've done with their build. And it, it did pay off on the defensive side. Obviously they haven't been perfect drafting um, offensively, but uh, Garrett Wilson worked out pretty well. I think they have put themselves in a situation clearly with their build of the roster to a player like Aaron Rodgers identified them as one of the few places he'd want to go in free agency. Right. So um, I, I think, uh, I think there is some pressure there though, that if the jets don't even, you know, if they miss the playoffs barely, I wonder what the murmurs will be like, but if they go like six and eleven and, and uh, just aren't even really like close to some of these other teams, I, I'll be surprised if that's the case personally. But um, he's a name that I just get again. These cycles of you get like t- t- you know two, three, four years maybe, and if you really just can't make things work, usually these teams move on, whether it's fair or not. And I mean, here we are going to the year three for Sala uh, with the you know given where they were in year one. I <laughs> you know that maybe the <laughs> expectation shouldn't be quite there for them to take the step but i think when you trade for an aaron Rodgers, when you have all the playmakers they have when you have a defense as good as theirs yeah the uh, expectations are that you you need to get to the playoffs and maybe even win a game when you get there and if they don't uh even come close to that yeah maybe Saul would be a name on this kind of list going into the season but pressure more on him than say like you mentioned uh, there's other situations like with sean payton we've talked about this a bit where the pressure is not on really the coach as much as it is the players i think with solid the pressure's no. uh kind of squarely on him with the jets all right some of the players i guess we could throw into this category and what do you know they probably have to start with some of the quarterbacks um i think you know we just know how this works right i think it's just a matter of seeing what you get out of some of these guys but there's also and we can make this a little more we don't have to go just certain position like if there's just you know certain things we can throw in there too but like i guess one i would look at and Again, pressure, I guess, is just the, the however word, whatever word you want to use yeah. for it. I mean, the, the Titans obviously drafted Will Levis. We know there's been frustration with Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, is there pressure on Ryan Tannehill? Sure, I would say. Um, but, I mean, there's been pressure on him, right, for, I mean, you know, a couple seasons now. Uh, it feels like at least. And, you know, as a team that lost seven in a row in the season after starting seven and three. And, yeah, and so I think now you look at it, from that standpoint of having Levis in the mix. And so I think just as a starter, you know, on a team that wants to get back to the playoffs, it makes sense maybe to group Brian Tannehill in there. Um, 
I mean, elsewhere, Dylan, I think it's like, it's just, I feel like it's hard to like, I mean, look, Derek Carr, I think there's probably a little pressure on Derek Carr just because he's going to yeah. the, the Saints and, you know, there's a reason they signed him to the contract they signed him to. And um, so I think that's another one I'd kind of look at. I know there's probably some obvious ones that we could pick from a lot of different um, options, I think. But for some reason, I just had those two kind of to start my list off, just looking at where um, those two are at and, again, what the expectations are uh, for each. So, Yeah, I, I think Tannehill's a good point. I mean, uh, it's team clearly with the with get drafting left is just overall their um, approach to the draft in general in the offseason. Not a team that as clearly believes that he's going to be the guy um, or, or is confident in him being the guy long term. So, yeah, playing well, I, it's it's hard to for me to, uh, you know, looking at their roster to say that's totally fair. I would say the Titans receiving corps are at the moment not one of the better groups in the league, probably in the bottom third of the league, bottom fourth of the league um I, I but so i think there's a lot of pressure on him i think yeah obviously with russell wilson and what the the broncos uh are doing right now as mentioned with sean payton coming in i think the pressure squarely on him to get back to where he was I th- there's some pressure to to get him there as well uh, from the coaching staff and but with the talented players they have if he just can't find that gear again i do think that's a that's one that i'd uh, definitely agree with and then yeah other guys i think um maybe to an extent now that it maybe it wasn't really fair, maybe it gets a pass because of the, the coaching situation or the lack thereof in New England. But Mac Jones um, with the yeah. Patriots, I, a team that, you know, we know that Belichick, as much as he can be, uh, has had some long, successful tenures with players. He, he, if he believes that he needs to do something for the betterment of the football team, he, he's not going to hesitate. No matter who you are, no matter what his relationship is, that, that was, that's been clear for, from the beginning of the Patriots dynasty to where they are now. Um, and it's probably even more so at this moment, you'd think, um, with the team that, yeah, it's really strong defense, a really, you know, high level group that, you know, you just, you look at their roster there and it's, you just think the offense has to at least be middle of the pack and then they could, you know, probably consider themselves a playoff team. They only just made the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, had, you know, the offense last year really end up being the, the main reason why not. So I think with, with Mac, now that you have, Bill O'Brien and and maybe that's not like the uh, you know given some of the things that happened with him and his last NFL uh, coaching tenures maybe you're not as overly joyed with with that name but at the same time given uh, you know what happened last year where they didn't even have an offensive coordinator they had you know whatever is a disaster really with Patricia and what maybe he was put in a spot that didn't make sense but regardless and that that could be kind of squarely on Belichick that you know the decision making on that part but here we are now with a with a real offense coordinator that had a ton of success is a lot of it's like the rehab program for uh for these uh, some of these coaches that are head coaches that go to Alabama become an offense coordinator get things right on track and they they go on their way um it's a nice little setup that Saban's got going there but I think yeah with um Mac he's a name that kind of quickly came to mind and trying to think of other non-quarterback players um to kind of like throw in here um I don't know if there's any like quick names that come to mind. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are kind of at the end of, you know, been with a team for a while, haven't produced in a, a as a start in a starting role that are, you know, a lot of pressure with uh, different guys you've drafted. I guess you could put maybe uh, Jonah Williams with the, on the offensive line for the Bengals, a team that uh, has completely retooled their offensive line and obviously brought in a lot of reinforcements again um, with with Orlando Brown Jr. So we'll yeah we'll see how that impacts him. Uh, uh, trying to think of other ones I mean, there's players that have in my opinion been put in situations like isaiah simmons with the 
Cardinals, where he hasn't really um, uh, you know played up to some of the some of the expectations going into the into his career, but at the same time, his usage has been kind of all over the place and kind of hasn't made a ton of sense. So um, uh, there's players like that too, where it's I think it's maybe more pressure on some of the new coaches they have to use them correctly. Um, maybe maybe Justin Fields. I, I know we. I don't think this that's, is necessarily that's an interesting fair, one. I was going to mention him. Yeah, I think that's that's not a bad one. Yeah, I just given the amount of uh, you know players they've brought in, the offensive line took a step forward last year, and I think. I think it's a little over, like the the narrative, at least from my take on it, is it's a little over the top in terms of like, all right, now Justin has all the things to succeed. I still think this is a roster in progress. Um, But I do think, yeah, having him take a step forward as a passer, obviously having a a true, well, depending on your opinion, I think DJ Moore can be a true number one receiver. Um, But yeah, I I think uh, and for Chicago too, for the pressures as much maybe on that coaching staff, like I said at the top, I don't think Eberflus, he's still early enough in the cycle of this. And it's a team that understood where they were at clearly last year with trading away so many players to, to end up bottling out and kind of having the, uh, you know, re uh, go from there. But we've seen teams that quickly can get back on, um, yeah. back in their winning ways. And often it's a quarterback driven thing. So we'll see with Justin, but I, I do think there is some level of pressure, even if in my opinion, it's maybe not as fair, uh, with the roster build, I still think it's not like you know. You know, I'm not looking at the Bears' offense and feeling like I could just drop in any quarterback and it's immediately going to be successful. I think that uh, there's still some work to be done there. And, and but Fields already, you know, did so much of carrying and making that uh, team look a little bit better at times on that side of the ball than they maybe deserved last year. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll start looking at more again, just kind of going into to some of the expectations again for all these teams as we start to do our. Our previews and predictions and all that for the upcoming season. We're going to start our our position rankings and um, you know look at top quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, etc. Uh, and really just kind of dive into which again expectations will be a big part of that too for some of those yeah. players as we rank them. So we'll talk more about that uh, in the coming episodes. But for now, Dylan, a lot of other stuff uh, over clutch points to get people ready for the NFL season so everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, you can go to the Clutch Points app to the NFL section there, also clutchpoints.com, our NFL section there. Tons of stuff on position battles. This kind of same kind of thing we're talking about here with uh, uh, look uh, analyzing kind of rosters with guys that are uh, being threatened by younger drafted players for their starting spots. So that's kind of the point of the offseason we're at. But, yeah, only, only a month away or so from training camp, so it won't be long until things really ramp up. Yep, for sure. So uh, check it all out at Clutch Points. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for Establish the Pass. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast. Podcast.